Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Magic is power. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry Me. What's up, Jerry? Hello, Patricio. How are we today? I'm doing I'm doing pretty well, man. How are you? I'm wonderful. Absolutely awesome. wonderful. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, how, was your, how was your weekend? It was great. Yeah, yeah. I didn't do anything. Oh, man. I, I worked all weekend. Oh. They offered me overtime on Saturday and Sunday. I took both Sucks days. Sucks to be you. <laughs> no, it was awesome. I get paid double time on the weekend. Uh, so See, this is why I don't work overtime. I'm salary. You know, I, oh. I could work 10 hours or I could work 60 hours and I get paid the same. So uh, <laughs> The plight of the white collar worker. <laughs> it is your burden to bear, I guess. It's, it's hard. But it does mean I don't work overtime unless I have to. <laughs> oh, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. We don't have any new patrons this week. But we did have a quick announcement I want to make. Um, I know that I posted this to the Facebook page, and geez, it seems like just two weeks ago, Jerry, you had posted um, your friend's GoFundMe uh, for for a, a magic friend of ours who got into a pretty horrific car accident. And then um, I had a friend of mine, not from the magic community, but um, a really good friend nonetheless, who uh, who took had a pretty horrific fall um, at his home uh, and was found. Uh, I, we're not exactly sure how long afterwards, and so. Long story short, uh, he's my buddy Richie. He had a uh, pretty serious brain injury over the weekend, and uh, um, we are we've had a really successful GoFundMe for, for him. And um, a friend of ours, uh, Danny, goes by Bobo Fraggles on on uh, the Discord and on uh, on um, uh, Twitter. He wanted to do a little um, like legacy online tournament for him in support of him which I thought was really nice of him. So I just wanted to kind of give the details here. I know it's posted on the Facebook page, so I'm not going to, you know, berate you with it every week, but I just wanted to kind of give it a shout out once here. Uh, it was really, really nice of him to do this. So um, basically for entry for the, for the, uh, for the tournament, it's uh, at least a $5 donation to the GoFundMe. You can just donate and share the screenshot with myself or Jerry or, or the CLL on Twitter. Um, it'll get you an entry into the, into the event. Um, uh, for, it's going to be Swiss format. Uh, he's going to do either cut to top eight or four, depending on the size. But uh, Danny's actually donated all the prizes himself. And first prize is a full set of the VMA Power Nine on Magic Online, Ooh. which is a pretty amazing. Yeah, Damn. that's a pretty amazing prize. And then uh, second through eighth, all get three treasure, treasure chests each. Um, so the uh, the tournament is actually going to be on August seventh, uh, which is a Saturday at noon e- uh, Eastern time. Um, and he's going to do the, uh, I guess like the pairings through MTG Melee and, uh, obviously the games on Magic Online. So, um, if that's something you're interested in, please, uh, feel free to contact me or Danny. Uh, he goes by Bubble Fraggles on, on Twitter, like I said, um, and we'll give you information on that. I'll make sure that the link is in the show notes as well. Um, and yeah, it was, it was pretty horrific. I mean, he has, he has a wife and and two young children and he's an electrician also. And, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of people from him, from just his life have been really, um, uh, very kind and generous, and uh, I was hoping, you know, just because you, you know Jerry and I have this platform, that I, I'd be able to do something to help him out as well. So, uh, if you can do that, that'd be awesome. I'm definitely going to participate in the event myself, 
And uh, and yeah, so um, yeah, I got that's... uh, we we also have some extra prizes for that uh, Pat because uh, cow ether. I don't know what their actual name is, but they're... <laughs> that is the pl- that is like the worst part about Discord. But yes, yeah, I don't so. But cow ether on Discord actually donated. Um, he has a bunch of the super drop codes for both Arena and MTGO. Uh, so we're he wanted us to use that for the next charity event that we uh, ran. So That's we'll awesome. add that to the uprise pool. Uh, these are sweet. They are uh, basically the super drop bundles with all the alternate art uh, stuff that the wizards was selling direct mm-hmm. a little bit ago. So like the tattoo set with like the oh yeah, bi- like a pithing needle and then that the bolt is like the background on my that that tattoo bolt is the background on my phone. It's sweet. Yeah, the 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 new bolt ones. Mm-hmm. So it's like all these like special edition, and basically these codes unlock every single card. It's like eighteen or twenty different uh, cards, almost all of which I believe get played in the either legacy or other eternal formats. Um, so definitely some pretty sweet cards. So those uh, prizes are getting get added in the mix. Uh, some redemption codes, so you can get all of the cards unlocked on either uh, Magic Online or uh, MTG Arena. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you very much to Kyle for that. Um, I'll let Danny know about the additional prizes. That's amazing. Um, and like I said, I'll put the tournament link in the show notes. It's going to be, uh, like I said, in August, uh, August 7th, so it'll be a lot of fun. Um, but let's get into the uh, into the meat of the show, Jerry. We'll, we'll, I know we got kind of started off on a morose note there, but um, <laughs> we have a great guest on this week. Hell yeah, we do. I am excited to welcome back to the cast. First time you guys are actually in the same room since the uh, the dreaded. Uh, uh, oh, you mean, you mean when he when he pushed my dick in with uh, with <laughs> with with, uh, <laughs> with cephalid breakfast? That one. Yep. Yeah. yeah the the infamous cephalid breakfast incident. <laughs> uh, the, like that and Manila's Dredge are the bane of my existence. <laughs> it, it took almost a year, but we finally got you two in the same room again. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, uh, Eric Dupuis. How's it going, man? It's going. It's really great to be here. Looking forward to, I feel like some things have happened perhaps since the last time we talked. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. <laughs> I think so. It's a, it's a whole new world. A yes. New world. <laughs> yes. I, I actually, uh, to make sure that I didn't go, you know, old man ELD and just repeat myself, I listened to the previous one. And uh, man, it, it really sounded like the before times. I mean, there was, <laughs> yeah. it was all bright and optimistic talking about the middle schoolers playing and pre-releases and before yeah. cataclysm, yeah, the end, the end of days. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, it, it peaked too because uh, Luke, who I had talked about, I don't even remember uh, little Luke. He was playing yeah. elves, so yeah. For that pre-release, not only did he tie for first place with my nephew, they both went undefeated. Uh, but the guys from New Jersey came down for that uh, feast that we did, and they brought him some cards and. One of them, because he had heard of Luke through your show, uh, he brought him a Gaia's Cradle. No and it way. Was, I heard about that. I heard about That's that. Amazing. That's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. I forget who was telling me about someone. Someone was at that tournament and mentioned that to me, and I thought that was the coolest thing. One of my favorite magic moments of all time. Um, I'm not going to mention who did it because he's a real humble guy, and I know he wasn't doing it to get any type of uh, credit, but uh, a real, just a real quality human being, man. And to see him give that bag to Luke. And then Luke start looking through it and he saw the cradle and he's like, is, <laughs> is this real? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and Luke looks up at the guy and he's like, 
can I give you a hug? Oh, that's <laughs> amazing. Just like, that is just the best magic moment. Dude, that is so oh, cool. It was so great. Uh, he's oh. just so proud of it. Uh, every time he plays, when he gets it into play, he is just so psyched. That is so, fantastic. Yeah, That but is awesome. It is that great. Is. The, the magic community has time and time again, like, as, you know, as much flack as we give our, each other and, like, just a lot of the online stuff is constantly tearing us apart. I feel like in, in like face to face interactions, it's a lot more, um, uh, charitable and, and like good natured than, than we give it credit for. And that's, that's so awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So how are things going at, down at time vault? Yeah. Just, just a reminder listeners. So Eric, you, uh, are the owner and operator of time vault games, which is a, uh, sweet, uh, LGS here in uh, new England. Yes. Yes. It is trial by fire, man. What a way to end the first year. Um, yeah, you know, when, when I opened this, there were definitely some strong temptations to go really big and take on a ton of overhead and just try and, blow the doors off of everything and change the world. And I just, I thought the right approach was to try and, you know, temper with some humility, know that I'm going to make some mistakes, know that I might overorder on some things and underorder on some other things and just have difficulty getting different segments going. And I couldn't be happier, man. Like this is scary time for game store owners. And the fact that this the landlord here has been fantastic they worked with me at the beginning of this epidemic and uh, were able to help me with the the rent and just the type of thing that makes a big difference in the long run is is having something that's sustainable and you know people just to to go on a little aside like zero is a number that's really tricky for people like if you have a bunch of people and you're like oh let's do some coin tosses and you know if if you win 10 if you win you get 10 bucks you lose you lose 10 bucks well, if everybody starts at 10 bucks, like that's a very, very different thing than if everybody starts at a thousand bucks or, you know, a hundred bucks. Like when you go to zero, you're out of the game. And like, that's what we're seeing right now is a lot of these game stores, they're going to zero, they're getting wiped out. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a scary time for game stores, man. Like it's anyone that's, you know, got a game store or is, has been thinking about it. Like, I think it is a proceed with caution situation where you just have to be able to withstand these storms. And it's, it's not, uh, it's not about being reasonable either. Like you could have had a totally reasonable business plan and already be dead. Like in any of the previous 25 years, you would have weathered the storm, but not this year, man. I mean, it is, yeah, this is, this is a storm to end all storms. It's been, we, we've, it's something we've talked about in the podcast and I hope not, too flippantly um because obviously you, you know you're you're talking about a lot of people's livelihoods and a uh, serious amount of their you know of their capital is being invested in these stores and and so you kind of talk about them like oh man we'll be lucky if we see a third of these stores survive this this whole pandemic and like and I, again i hope that we don't talk about it too you know casually but i mean that's a that's a real scare i think that a lot of players if they don't have it yet they definitely should be having because you know, these local game stores are the places where we're able to play, especially as legacy players. There's not a lot of places to play legacy around. And we're fortunate in this area that we have a handful of stores that we can go and play. And, and you know, keeping them keeping them open and keeping them them functional and alive is, is so important to us. And, and what's it been like for you? I mean, like with this, you know, with, with everything shutting down, are you do you have any other, you know, 
avenues of income to keep the, the store going? What are you trying to do? Yeah, we are trying to branch out a little bit into board games. I just got in the GW catalog. Uh, they've got a new ninth edition coming out for their gaming uh, system for Warhammer 40K. And uh, the Indominus box set is a really big deal for people that have ever thought about dabbling in GW. Uh, that'll be up uh, on my site when you're hearing this podcast. Go, go ahead, Jerry. You look I like- have I have noticed like what's going on. I've seen all these people talking about like Warhammer, and I'm like, I haven't heard Warhammer since like middle school, high school days. But it seems like so many people are getting back into it. Maybe just being stuck at home and everyone has all this extra time to just paint minis. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is it, is it the painting aspect? Like people, I, I think the quarantine has been the impetus for a lot of people to get into these creative endeavors. You've seen a lot of podcasts, a new podcast get launched. You've seen a lot of. People take on these new hobbies. Are people painting minis now? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of the paints are actually sold out. Some of them have gone for huge premiums, not ones that I've been able to get as I just started carrying them, but mm-hmm. some of them that have been sold out, you know, somebody's halfway through painting an army and they need the, the paint to finish it. They're not going to mix it up. They they want it to <laughs> right, be consistent. That, so, yeah, that would suck halfway through. It's like, it's not like you can go to Home Depot and get this paint either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to color match this and I need, no, I don't need a whole gallon. I need like, I need a, a pint. I need a yeah. pint. <laughs> You sell paints by the pint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think you're right. I think people are looking for creative outlets. Uh, you know, definitely people are looking for competitive outlets as well. But mm-hmm. I think game manufacturers, uh, from talking to GW and to Wizards of the Coast, it seems like they're getting more sophisticated with their understanding of the ways that people interact with their games. And, and I think mm-hmm. from from GW, like they get it. Like a lot of people, the primary way that they interact is the painting. And I think from a spiky perspective, you might not want to accept that. Like if you're a rule designer, like you don't want to think about it as like somebody plays a couple of times a year. You want to think Mm -hmm. like they're they're trying to be the best player and they're trying to break your rules and trying to like be the world champion. And like that's just kind of a natural tendency. And they've just done the market research to understand their players. And it's like, yeah, a lot of people just actually enjoy painting. Some of them don't even play. They just enjoy the aesthetic nature of the game. And love having it on a shelf and love having something that they can delve into the lore and have something physical that they they did themselves. And it's unique. I mean, it's even though it's the same model as other people, it's still unique in the way that you choose to, to <laughs> that, paint it. So that, that's that reminds me of when Watsi figured out that commander players were their largest like demographic segment. And they're like, oh, like these are the people like these people who don't even come to tournaments. They don't play at FNMs. They don't like they're not on Twitter yelling about stuff. It's like all these casual players are who, like like you said, who probably spend more time foiling out their deck and like goldfishing it at home by themselves. Uh, that You know, EDH is like that huge segment that that I think for the longest time hadn't been captured. And they've definitely gone after it in recent uh, recent years. Well, also, it's just like those are the aspects that you can do at home. Like so. Mm-hmm. Me and my buddies on Friday nights, we'll all hang out on uh, Discord together and we'll all hang out in like video chat since we can't, you know, meet up in, in real life, obviously. Uh, and one Friday we did, uh, you know, a wine and paint night where we had our best, you know, <laughs> 40 year old uh, suburban housewife, uh, you know, impersonation. And we all had a bunch of like uh, D&D minis and we were all just like painting and drinking and having a good time. That's awesome. So yeah, if you uh, if you guys are looking for something to do, beat the quarantine. I highly recommend uh, wine and mini paint night. <laughs> <laughs> very very cool. And you've been doing some stuff um, 
with uh, with like paper magic, right? Well, well, oh, yeah. webcam magic, right, Eric? Absolutely, yeah. So uh, one of the things that I completely forgot to mention the last time I was on is the store has a YouTube channel. And we do this segment called Fast Effect. We actually take footage, run it at double speed, and I do commentary over it. And it's been gaining in popularity. And one of the things that I started doing is offering people to play in our webcam series. And it's it's starting to take off. So I'm hoping that some people uh, hearing this are going to be interested in playing some Paper Legacy uh, with us every Wednesday and Friday at 7 p.m. You just go to... The, the website i'm assuming we can put a link in the description yeah, here of course yeah, yeah, yeah. people Definitely. can people can find their way there it's got a nice little tutorial on how to use discord a video for that and yeah we just play webcam legacy via discord and it's been a lot of fun i've been really juicing the prizes so anybody that's ever played in one of my events knows that i give a hundred percent of the entry fees back as store credit so if we're taking in a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks doesn't matter that's going out as store credit and then i go above and beyond that with extra stuff and it's funny this this last week it was a it was actually kind of a light attendance we had less than eight people and uh a bunch of our regulars weren't there but we had some new people one person from texas and uh, one of the cards was actually Tefiri Master of Time that was pulled out of the booster pack. And then there was a, a foil fabled passage the week before. So that was just like all on top of the 100% <laughs> payout. And I was like, man, like I, I wish I could win those promos. Like if I play, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that'd be amazing. That's, um, that That is awesome because I know a lot of people have been kind of asking for it where there's lots of like free, uh, uh, you know, paper ma- camera magic being played. Um you know, the New York guys uh, have been doing a lot of it. There's there's a couple other groups, uh, but people have been looking for that uh, competitive itch where they still want to play competitive paper legacy. There's something on the line, right? Yeah. And it's hard to get that balance because obviously it's much easier to cheat. So if you make the prizes too good, that incentive to cheat goes too high. Um, but it, it, there it does feel like there is room in that middle where people want to have a competitive match. And but the prizes are are good, but not like insanely good. That's going to encourage people to cheat. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. And there's a few little things that we've been doing, which for the most part, once we kind of know somebody, it it quickly dissipates. So I'm not once you know your play group. Exactly. But uh, like, we'll when we cut the deck, we'll put it in like three piles and the person will select the pile. Just little tweaks like that uh, can can actually adapt to kind of overcome some of the more easily use tactics that someone might have to cheat you can just Mm -hmm. kind of just be like yeah just put it in three piles and just middle and it's just kind of a reflex you see it and you're like left right middle and it just kind of goes and it doesn't really interfere with the flow um and i'm sure there's some other things and it'll evolve i think anything like this is kind of bottom up like people will kind of figure out best practices that actually work that don't Mm -hmm. make it feel hostile you know what i mean you don't want to be like telling somebody like shuffle it again or anything like that (laughs) like i don't like it now, I have a question for you that just kind of came to my mind. Are, are the people who are playing these events like your regular locals? Or are you getting people who you've never – who are like from other parts of the country who are also playing? Yeah, it's both. It's really cool. So the That's awesome. a bunch of the locals uh, have joined in. I'll tell you, I wish I had a better way of saying this. It's not optimal. But like nothing's optimal right now. Like we really – we, yeah. we have to take a step back and think about the situation we're in. And kind of accept it. And for a while, Mm -hmm. I really didn't. I kind of felt like, you know, we'll be back to things in a month or two. I had a whole backlog of videos for the Fast Effect series, and it it just ran out. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm currently doing a few vintage matches uh, until we get the filming really nailed down for these webcam matches. Mm -hmm. Uh, But 
I mean, I didn't think there was any way that we would be practically in August and still not be able to have people in the store. So, well, it also feels like now we're going backwards instead of forwards at this point. Yeah, no, it is. I've done a little bit of reading on uh, like Black Swan events, which this is not actually a Black Swan. Like these things actually happen. We know about them. Yeah. Like pandemics happen. And yep. like we had 1969 and, you know, 1918. And there was one in between there. I forget the years in the 50s. So like pandemics are not a new thing. This one has some different elements to it um, and perhaps might give us a better understanding of how things spread asymptomatically because now they're thinking like, oh, maybe maybe other diseases actually spread more asymptomatically than we realized now that this has been shown to be like such a uh, yeah. a way that this particular thing spreads like the, the flu, for example, uh, may spread more asymptomatically than previously thought. But the point is, it's not really a black swan, but when there are black swan events to mean that things that you don't know that you don't know, like it just like yep. completely catches you out of nowhere. Uh, people have to take a really long time to adapt to them. So like in Syria, when the civil war broke out there, like people were just kind of like thinking like, Oh, this will blow over. And like 10 years later, they still live in a war zone. Cause they haven't really mm -hmm. accepted that reality. And I caught mm -hmm. myself in that a few weeks ago where I was just like, you know, this could actually go on till the end of the year. Like, am I going to be just like, not playing magic until the end of the year. And as I've been reaching out to my local players, I've just been kind of hitting them with that. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't have a good sales pitch, but like, I know this isn't as good as being in the same room and having that sense of camaraderie on that same level. Like, but it's definitely better than not doing it. Like mm -hmm. not close. Like we're not, 100%. like we're, we're able to compare two options right now. Don't play the game you love or play it on some level. You don't get to compare it to going to the shop because that's off the table. So that's that's really the thing. And probably the only thing that I've noticed in terms of a, a challenge is when I lose to somebody in person, I generally feel a slight sense of amusement or I feel kind of uh, good for the person. Like it's a balance. You know what I mean? Like I feel bad that I lost because I always feel bad when I lose, but it's kind of counterbalanced especially if I lose to somebody that's like new at the game or it's just like, oh, I mean, you can't help but feel good for this person. And you have to really try to make sure that you internalize that you're playing against your friend or like these people online. And it's not like playing against a computer. Cause like if you're playing against an NES, like old school NES or whatever the kids play these days, like <laughs> they can be ruthlessly hard and you feel the sense of frustration when you lose, but that's what motivates you to keep going forward. So hmm. that kind of creeps in a little bit with online magic where you just kind of like you might not as easily recognize that it's a person that you're playing yeah. with. And I'm wondering if we're going to end up with like cams where we can actually see the other person's face as well, because right now it's just top down because I feel like that would help. I feel like being able to like yeah. be like, ah, Jerry got me compared to that, just like that. That's what I've been doing that I've had the best results with where we have the cam on the board state and then we also will take our cell phones out. So we'll have like a uh, Discord and the computer will co connect to Discord. The computer's webcam is on the board state. And then I'll take my cell phone out and my cell phone will connect to Discord and I'll use my cell phone's camera and just basically prop it up against my monitor so the cell phone camera is on me. That way you're in the Discord room twice. Mm. Oh. One is one is on your board state, one is on you. And that really has been the closest to you know, face-to-face -face magic I've gotten where it's actually great where I think even after this pandemic, I'll still do it with people like with my friends who are in California who yeah. I can't play with. You know, this is a way for us to play magic and actually 
you know, have that experience. Uh, that that's what I have found to be the best the best way to do it. I love. Yeah, I've that. said more on more than one occasion how much I really like paper, uh, like webcam, like ma- magic. It's like a lot more fun to me than like magic online for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, also just like being adults is just more convenient. Like oh, I don't have to like drive home from the shop because a lot of shops are like half hour, forty five minutes away from me. At least the ones that you know I, I like to uh, visit. Um, so, you know, like I yell uh, time vaults, like I think almost an hour away from me, mm-hmm. uh, gaming, et cetera, is half an hour. So just being able to uh, play on the webcam and then just turn the camera off and, you know, roll into bed like that's yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is it is it is really enjoyable uh, when you can, you know, get it to work and. I think it's awesome that you're doing the, the it with prizes. I haven't heard of anyone else doing paper magic with prizes, so mm-hmm. I'm sure there's people listening right now who have that competitive itch and want to play paper magic for prizes. So uh, definitely check it out. Uh, so it's it's Wednesdays at seven thirty. You said Wednesdays and Fridays at seven p.m. At seven p.m. Yep, that's awesome. seven p.m. Eastern because this is reaching out across the whole country. Like I said, we had somebody <laughs> come in from Texas. It was really nice. I got to connect with a player that had moved back to California. So to I didn't know when I'd ever get to see him again, and for mm-hmm. him to to come in and, and play with the the cards that I'd sold him right before he left, I was like, that was just really cool to see him. Very cool, getting some yeah, wins with those cool. cards. Awesome. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely put the link in the show notes. Uh, you know, if people want to get some competitive magic again, do it up, big time. So, uh, besides kind of the online, uh, paper magic, what, what have you found to be, you know, how's wizards approach to game stores? Like, have you heard any communication from wizards? Have they like reached out to you or talked to you? Like, are they still just expecting you to buy the same number of booster boxes as you always buy? Like, how's that going? Yeah. I would say wizards doesn't really have expectations in terms of your purchasing. Uh, they do have in the past expectations for pre-releases and store metrics. So based off of how much support you're actually giving the community or however you want to look at it, uh, event tickets is what they use as the term. That means people playing magic in your store. And that could be anything from a FNM to a ELD open to just teaching somebody how to play. So those are the type of things that they kind of use as the data to build out how they support stores. And right now that's all on pause. So they're not penalizing anybody. So if you're not running tournaments, they're not holding that against you. And in fact, they actually, as you saw, recently stopped any in-store play until at least after the Zendikar Rising pre-release, which was a pretty disappointing announcement. Um, I understand I understand it, um, but I also don't understand it because I'm not an expert. So I'm just, I just kind of have to defer at this point. Like, I'm not going to die on any hill when I just really don't know squat about this. I mean, it will come out in the wash, and I hope that we're the type of society that can look at it and learn from it and come up with new best practices. Uh, but, I mean, who knows in the short term? I just think everybody approaching this should have some humility and recognize that, like, we just we don't know. So it's, do you look like you wanted to jump in there? No, no, no. I was just, I don't know, I was just sitting up. I, th- I do feel like humility is not one of America's uh, strong suits. All right. <laughs> <laughs> humility. We're not great at that. It's, you know, but USA, it's like, it's like, it's like the, uh, the meme of the guy on the podium who's like, He's like flipping everyone off and spraying champagne and biting his metal, and he's in third place. Yep, yeah, yep. that's no. that's what it reminds me of. Yep, no, I, I I get it for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not an easy. I mean, it's why it's a virtue, right? Like you got to work mm, for it, and totally, it's it's definitely something that can help when you're find yourself being too combative 
it's just like, ah, oh, maybe you're completely wrong. Like you got to right. if you literally <laughs> right. don't think it's possible, you could be wrong. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you probably don't have as nuanced an understanding as you think. Like only only fools are certain. Yeah. Yeah, man. That that is very well spoken. It it, it does seem like we are so, you know, in the, in the last I would say since the advent of social media, we are so quick to dig our heels in and not listen to others and 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 be completely convinced that we're 100 percent right. And uh, and yeah, that's that's quite often not the case. I think well, there is like um, I'm trying to remember what the theory is, but there is like a theory that like the the person who is uh, oh, what is it? The Dunning-Kruger uh, effect? Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's like the less the you know the the more the more you believe in something, the more likely you are to seek out things that 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 back you up, and more likely to ignore things that that disprove your 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 theories or your, or whatever. I believe that's what it is. Oh, that um, I I don't know what the name of that one is. So the Dunning Kruger effect is how people who lack expertise greatly oh. overestimate their competency yes yes so, yes, yes yes that that yes. is something that we see okay, all the I've time i've heard of that as well yeah yeah uh that is that is definitely a thing i yep. I've, I've seen that many times and i've got some people in my life that i i think are excellent <laughs> examples of that and mm. yeah that's we're, we're getting a, a better understanding of human psychology over time but you know it, we're not perfect like we're far from it and even if you're studying subjects and trying to get better understanding like you're not going to hit somebody with you know a thousand hours worth of lectures and stuff that you've listened to like you just kind of have to give people room to mm-hmm. be human and mm-hmm. that's that's a good thing about a lot of worldviews that kind of allow for people to have other opinions like i think that's something that is becoming under attack is the idea that people reasonable people can disagree uh, it seems like we are kind of moving towards the idea of everybody kind of has to have this exact party line on certain subjects. And it's like, mm. I don't I don't think that's a, a wise course for a society. I think that's that definitely has a lot of unintended consequences. But we we could really get into the weeds there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, probably not a, gr- not a great place for it. But yeah, I, yeah, it's yes. For sure. how, do, how do you feel about uh, Wizards announcement that they're not going to have any paper events in 2021? They're going to leave it to community organizers to kind of get the ball rolling on paper events. I'm fine with like for me when when you're asking how I feel about it. There's kind of two different ways I can answer. One is like my personal strategy and the other is kind of if I put myself in wizard shoes and if I'm assessing their their Business. kind of general strategy. Yeah. Um, as far as for me, I live in the secondary market mm-hmm. and like if wizards literally just went away, I still think it's fine. Like honestly, like I know it sounds crazy, but like we have 25 years of cardboard. We have groups of players that literally just play 93, 94. We have people mm-hmm. that just play middle school. They, yeah, like, there are people who are already playing Magic as if Wizards went away. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that is precisely In fact, it. They wish they had. Yes, they wish they had. <laughs> Absolutely. So it, it's not something that keeps me up at night as far as like, oh, what happens if Wizard goes away? I think these cards have been entrenched in kind of the society it's something that is like superman number one it's just like if dc comics goes out of business i'm pretty sure that superman number one is still going to be worth a ton i still think Mm -hmm. that like the character of superman and the myths around him can get picked up by somebody else like it's it's just out there like it's it's so big that it's a phenomenon in and of itself and wizards is in many ways a, a good custodian in other ways obviously i disagree with them but i mean that's that's fine reasonable people can disagree i think 
one thing that I have been impressed with from Wizards is in talking to them about their strategy for new players and how they've really come to understand, like you had touched on Commander being their biggest player base. And that's very true. But also, when I learned how to play Magic, I was terrible at it. Like it was mm. like 13, 14 years old when it came out. And I didn't know all the rules and like I would play and like play against somebody and they'd be just like, that's not how this works. And like arguments about the rules, like we did not have anywhere near perfect play. And what Wizards has done previously is they were putting out products that were like super simplified where it was just like, oh, we'll make it so like beginners can play well. It's like, is that what they wanted or did they Mm want to have fun? Like, did they come to you and say like, oh, how can I play optimally? No, no. They didn't say that. They just wanted to sit down and play with some cool cards, have yes. some dragons, smash with some trolls. Like, that was the idea. Mm-hmm. And that's what drew people. Like, I remember Crawworm. And just, like, if you told me when I first started Magic that Crawworm was garbage, <laughs> like, that would not have been a positive thing. Like, I had to discover that on my own after way too long. I was... <laughs> it took me a while to accept that he was not a good Magic card. So... <laughs> I still don't accept it. I love that card. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally playable in ninety three, ninety four. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think Wizards is really now with their future products. Uh, they're putting stuff out that is quote unquote beginner magic, where it's mm-hmm. like a commander deck. Which in the past they assume they're like, there's no way, like you can't have a beginner player sit down with like three or four other players and like expect to even follow what's going on. And it's like, yeah. They won't follow what's going on. They won't even realize they can play instance on their opponent's turn mm-hmm. until their level of sophistication gets to the point where they start asking, like, oh, can I do this? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's fine, though. They don't have to play perfectly. So overall, like, as far as managing the game itself, cutting everything else out from Wizards, I'm actually pretty confident. I, I think their printing policy, as far as, like, pushing the boundaries has obviously given us some stuff that people have like been uncomfortable with how powerful it is and some of it's needed to been restricted. But by doing that, they also came up to the line with things like Dreadhorde Arcanist or Brazen Borrower or things that you might not print if you were mm-hmm. always trying to play it safe. So overall, the parts of the game that I actually care about the most, I think they're doing a reasonable job. And then from a from a media side, I just... That's a whole nother story. I think, you know, I, yeah. charity should be done in in secret. Like if you're going to do something because you're trying to make amends, like you don't make a big public display out of it. Uh, th- those type of things. I, I don't think it's I don't even know if we'd have enough time to unpack here because it's a very mm. complicated thing. Um, but overall, I think the parts of the games that most people care about and when people come into the store to talk to me, those are the things that they're interested in. They're not even necessarily aware of Wizards Twitter or anything like that. Mm. So, yeah, and as far as the online play, I mean, as reluctant as I am to support it, it does get people into Paper Magic. Mm-hmm. It is something that is it is better to play in person at the end of the day. Arena is a money pit. Like, people who play Arena and start, like, throwing money at that, and then they have nothing to show for it. Like, it's just... Like, like you don't yeah, own it. Uh, it. It blows my mind. Just it's like the iTunes effect, where it's like you buy songs from iTunes, and iTunes re- re- uh, retains the right to revoke that music at any time. Yeah, like you're not actually you're not buying anything. You here. are not. You're, you're paying really high rental fees. Yes. <laughs> yep. So I think it's it's one of those things where if it introduces people to the game, 
and they get burned a little bit, hopefully not too bad. Ultimately, they end up in a place where they can start to set real world goals of, you know, getting dual lands, of getting cards that are something that they can be proud to work towards and actually mean something when they get it. And luckily, the reserve list is a very polarizing thing, but I'll tell you the people that I've helped over the years reach those goals. I'm happy that there's a reserve list for them because I've seen that 16 year old kid work hard and save money and buy underground C when it was a hundred bucks. And, mm-hmm. and then I've actually last year, I bought three collections off of people that were down payments on houses. And those were primarily cards that I had sold them. Like I actually got back some cards. I got back a, a blood. I have a volcanic Island with some blood on it. And that actually came back to me. It's it's unmistakable. Like it's I don't know what happened. Like I tell people when they buy this card because I've sold it like five times. I was like, you get to you. Get, that's your story. Like whatever you say. Like however that happened. But it's got blood in the center of the card at the top. And so it's. I was like, wow. I can't believe this came back again. It's crazy. But you know the fact that the cards are collectible is so core to the game, which is a reason why I'm. I'm not really down with arena like it's it eliminates one of the most important parts of the game to me entirely like it's no mm. longer a collectible card game at that point and i'll probably end up playing around with it once it's like on my phone if they can get it working which i mean they have to get a little to use humility again they've got to not take themselves so seriously like you can play Fortnite on a phone like mm. they've got to be able to figure out how to put magic on there. Come on. Like right, people are playing right. like first person yeah. shooters and stuff like well, also Hearth Knight's been on Hearth Hearthstone's been on the phone for like what, two, three years at this point? Oh, I think it's a lot, lot I think it's a lot longer than, than that. that. I think it is. Yeah, I like, didn't start playing Hearthstone seriously until it was available on Oh, maybe it was tablets. Maybe they did tablets then phone. But mm-hmm. I've never played Hearthstone for more than like five minutes on a computer. And mm. I've I've got like golden heroes and all sorts of stuff. Like I've never sunk a I've refused to spend any money on that game. And like you just do your dailies and that's fine. And if if Magic came out with a better product, I would totally just not play Hearthstone anymore. I don't mm. have time to do both. But I mean, so far they they haven't done it. I'm I'm optimistic. I would actually rather play Magic, and I'd rather see Magic, you know, kind of have that wider net because the the casual people who have fun with it will eventually all roads kind of lead to paper magic. And Mm -hmm. I actually think at all, at this point, all roads lead to legacy. I really do. Like, I think commander is definitely a a part of the journey, but I think necessarily like anybody that's remotely interested in competition, legacy is kind of the purest form of magic at this point, which is difficult for me to say, because it used to be vintage. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think at this point, I feel like legacy has more options, like brainstorm being legal gives so many more decisions where skill balances out with these other factors where it's like yeah you can play like a raw power level deck or you can you know have things that have tons of decisions you know things like doomsday i mean that's that is a wild deck to Mm -hmm. to to have to like have all of that you know preparation to go into it to know like which piles you're actually going to do in like every situation that takes some effort well let me ask you something real quick since we're talking about paper magic what is you know right right now I'm, I'm assuming this is a time where a lot of stores are, are could, can be struggling what's something that a player can do to support their local game store like what's what's the best thing that we can do to like help out the, the stores that mean a lot to us I, I think it's it's actually either buying gift certificates or purchasing product um, you know if you're 
purchasing things that they have in stock from a from a cash strapped perspective which fortunately I'm, I'm not in that situation but there's been a lot of people that have reached out and they're concerned and basically what you're talking about is these stores have inventory on the shelves they've got their bills they've got to keep buying product and anything you can do to ha- kind of alleviate their their cash flow stress is probably going to be appreciated so buying mm-hmm. a gift certificate where they get the cash now and then they don't have to spend out of pocket right away is like an interest-free loan which can be really helpful for them um, anytime that you're buying product that's actually on the shelf that is taking and freeing up and like getting that cash injection without them having to go out and buy something you know like double masters it's like it's nice to buy double masters but you know if i've got boxes of other stuff on the shelf you know if mm-hmm. it's that or like a box of Innistrad well the box of Innistrad is 100% cash in my pocket I don't have right. to cut a check to the vendor in 45 days so that's probably the the biggest thing is I mean it really is is it's it's dollars and cents I mean we are this is as real as it gets at this point we mm-hmm. we are in a situation where like you said I mean I, I think 30% is a very reasonable estimate in terms of the number of stores that are going to be going away. It could be mm-hmm. far higher and we don't even know like the other dominoes that could fall. So like well, the, the, we, we could end up seeing just uh magic deserts across the country. You yeah. know, we're fortunate that you know we have a lot of LGSs in New England, but I'm thinking like there are parts of the country where you have to travel already, even before the pandemic, you know, 20, 30 miles to get to your nearest LGS. And if that LGS closes, now all of a sudden the next nearest LGS is 100 miles away. Yep. You know, we could see vast swaths of the country just not have an avenue for people to play magic at. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and that's one of the things that works in magic's favor is the concept of the network effect. Like if you have a cell phone and I have a cell phone, we can make two phone calls total. I can call you or you can call me. Mm-hmm. But we add in Patrick, all of a sudden, now it's exponential. So right. as it yep. goes more and more and more, you get to 100 people. It's like, how many different phone calls can you make? And mm-hmm. then you start doing like group calls. And it's just, you, you need to like reinvent math to figure that <laughs> stuff out. You're not going to like be able to do it just in your head. So mm-hmm. magic has that effect going for it. When people talk about how entrenched magic is in the number one seed, Part of that is that network effect where if you learn how to play magic, you're going to find someone else that knows how to play. Like everybody is this node, uh, nodes in this network and magic has done an incredible job connecting to millions and millions of players. So that actually kind of goes in the opposite direction now. What you're talking about is if you don't have that kind of critical mass of LGSs and, and places where they can meet. Now it's like, ah, like what am I doing with all of this cardboard? Like why mm-hmm. am I going to hold on to all of this, especially in tough economic times? So yeah, we could definitely see a restructuring in different parts of the country, which I mean is opportunity for entrepreneuring people, but it's a huge risk right. to, to try and grow something. I mean, in New England, like you said, we couldn't be more fortunate. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's it really is like the game just landed here from Seattle with all of these college students. It took off and has really never looked back. Yeah. And there's been a constant turnover. I mean, most LGSs, there's so many of them that basically stick around until their first lease comes up and then they're gone. Like people That's just, it, yeah. it's it's something that people just do. Like they, mm-hmm. they have a, a dream that they want to try it out and some of them they do it and it sticks and they've got business sense and they, they're able to make it work. But it's been a nonstop revolving door for the last 25 years. It's just that door may stop turning. Like we may right. see those those stores that would have been going out of business normally not being replaced as people are just, you know, going to be more 
risk averse, more sensible. I'm, I'm not sure what to call it, but mm-hmm. I mean, going to zero is a very real thing. And mm-hmm. that's, that's where we're at. Now, now at your store, are you allowing people to come in and, and shop? Are you doing like appointments? How is that working for you guys? Yeah, we're mostly doing appointments. So I'm here kind of restructuring the interior of the store. Uh, as, as you guys remember, the last time you were here, we had like, I think it was 63 people at the team event. Uh, mm. the, actually, we had more than that. We had people playing in the Chinese restaurant. Right, right. Uh, so that was those, those infinite apps. You got to get yes. in the last seeds. So you get infinite apps. <laughs> Absolutely, that's a genius move. By the way, next level move. <laughs> Only magic players would tank would tank an event for free apps. But well, when I'm you jealous. do the EV calculation, it I know. Makes yeah, sense. I, I listen. I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, I think. When we're when we're looking at the structure of the store, it really doesn't make sense to keep it as a tournament center mm-hmm. until we know that things are going to come back. So I, that's why I got in GW. The board games in here, it's insane. Like how many board games I have right now. I'm just branching out. And you know, one of the things about board games that that really connect with me is uh, my parents were very much uh, you know children to the the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when they kind of cleaned up. They needed something else to do with uh, with their time as they were not doing other recreational activities anymore. And board games became that thing. And they would go out every week and buy a new board game. And some mm. of them were terrible. Some of them were amazing. Board game design has come around a ton. But just that idea of learning a new game every week and the fact that every game kind of has something to teach you. Like every game I've ever played has been able to kind of level me up in some way. Either when I was younger, finding a bad game and learning the critical thinking to actually like call something out for being a bad game and to be like, wow, Mm. like this is is actually like flawed or like Mm. breaking the game and being like, well, if I take this tactic... Like, does this does this just devolve into is, just Is that like when Jerry nonsense? claimed he broke Uno by, like, taking all the draw four cards and making himself draw the cards because he's like, they oh, need yeah. some when more you, cards. Like, you you know you're a magic player when you play Uno and you and you play uh, draw four on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's card advantage. <laughs> uh, but no, that reminds me. I played uh, Ascension. I was at, like, uh, some summer house. This was, like, two years ago. And uh, the one guy there had Ascension. He's like, oh, you want to learn how to play this game? I'm like, yeah, sure. I played it. I'm like, huh, this one mechanic reminds me a lot about Storm. Let's see if I can apply like a Storm deck mechanic to it. And I ended up just like breaking the game in half because yep. no, like, I knew what Storm was and no one else did. Oh, yeah. No, I'll tell you, I, I haven't had that many times where my wife has said it's actually my 14th wedding anniversary tomorrow. Congratulations. Uh, Thank Matt. you. Uh, we have not played that many games that she didn't know. Uh, before we got married, one-on-one. Like, she's been down for, like, learning party games and stuff, mm-hmm. but when it comes to, like, hey, do you want to fight me in this game? Usually, it's like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, she'll play me in cribbage <laughs> or something that she knows, mm-hmm. but learning a new game that I already know and then battling it out, it's not really her jam, but she was interested enough to learn the DC deck-building game, which is similar to Ascension, and it's a little simpler. And... The thing about the DC game is it's got five characters that are out and you can only buy those five. So you, in theory, you can't go that broken. Like the best turn you could conceivably have with the rules as stated in the rule book are you buy all five characters and they go into your deck, which might not even be the best thing unless it's the end of the game because some of them might not actually fit what you've got going on. They're worth points to, to tally at the end of the game. But like, you, you know, if it's the middle of the game, you might leave some of them on the board because they don't fit your theme. Well, they had a few cards in the deck that doubled your total amount of what mana, we'll call it, just because it's a, a magic podcast. So there's a card that doubles your mana, 
and there's another card that copies a card, and then there's another card that copies a character. So I was able to play out and get like 20 mana and then double it to 40 and then 80 and then 160, which shouldn't matter because it's like, whatever, you get to buy all of that and then just have like 150 extra mana. Who cares? Mm -hmm. But there's a card in the game called the Riddler, which lets you pay three to take the top card of the deck blind. So it's like, it could just be good or bad. So so stroke a genius. Yes, you can pay three as many times as you want. So I was like, oh no, like I am so sorry. I just had to explain to her what's happening. And then I draw the whole deck. Like like I get why you don't play with me with these games. Like we'll go back to some co-op games or something. Uh, But yeah, board games are a big part of my life. I, I really do love them. And we are expanding the board game selection uh, I've got probably 200 board games on our website. Uh, that was a big, uh, big, big uh, amount of effort. I really took some time to get that up and running. But the website is improving. At first, I'd only built it just essentially as a calendar. I figured, mm-hmm. you know, if people are buying stuff, they're coming here. They want to see it directly. Uh, but COVID has really kind of forced my hand in a lot of ways. And it's, again, like nothing's optimal. Like one of the things that held me back from building the website is like, oh, if I'm going to do it, like I really want to make sure like it's the best and it's got the best search functionality and all Mm -hmm. of this. And it's like, I'm just going to put up 200 board games and people can scroll through it. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's better than not being there. I know that they can't search according to, you know, cooperative games that have a certain theme or anything like Mm -hmm. that, but it's up there. And, you know, people have been really cool about that. I've had people contact me through the channel or just buy stuff because they've found the channel and, you know, that, that's nice to, to see yeah. that people are responding to the videos in a positive way. And I actually started doing, uh, speaking of the channel, I started doing spoilers. So Double Masters is coming out and just on a daily basis, I'm just kind of musing uh, a little bit on economics. I'm getting a little ranty at times going into <laughs> economic theory because I think. You're, are, you're not, are you going full Rudy? Is that what you're saying? So I actually, I differ from him in a lot of ways, but I've, it's funny. I got a thumbs down on one of my videos. And the first comment that actually showed up was, that must be Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But the, the video was basically talking about how time preference is a very real thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if you ask someone out and they say, sure, in 10 years, you're not going to be like, nice. It's like that's like a blow off. Like you want something now this weekend. So yeah. time preference matters. And with something like Jumpstart or Double Masters, getting it when it comes out is something that some people will value higher than others. And Mm -hmm. ultimately, my opinion doesn't matter. Other people's opinions don't matter other than how it matters in aggregate. Like the thing that Mm. sets the the price of cards is the overall supply and then the aggregate demand from all of the people in the market. So like your opinion does matter as it factors into that aggregate demand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the other element of that was when people were talking about prices of cards and they some people wanted double masters to be cheaper or whatever. And it's like Wizards doesn't set the price. Like it's, right. it's something that people miss, kind of miss because it's really subtle. It's like they set the supply and the supply is a determining factor of mm-hmm. price. But if they just printed this product and called it a $4 booster... I mean, does anybody think it's going to sell at four bucks? Like it's not like it's, it's just not the market will set the price. The only way that could happen is if they printed so much of it that it just destroyed. I mean, it would just be a disaster, Mm. Um, but they're not going to do that because that's like, it just doesn't make sense from a business standpoint. No, they're doing way more work to make way less money. It's, it's a nonsensical perspective to even, even lobby for it. But you know, that's, 
that's the type of thing that I'm kind of addressing mm. here and there. Like I'm not so much getting into the the speculation side of things, mm-hmm. but more just like the actual economics of it. Sure. I, I think that's what's really interesting to me, and that's what makes Magic one of. I mean, it's it's actually my favorite game. Did I did I tell the story about James Ernest on your podcast yet? I tell this one a lot about my favorite know. game. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll cut it out if I we'll cut it out if I'm repeating myself. So I was out to dinner with James Ernest. He was one of the guys that was uh, at the beginning of Wizards of the Coast. He's gone on to be a fantastic game designer. He created one of my favorite abstract strategy games called Tack. And I was out uh, with him at Gen Con, I think it was, out at dinner, and he asked me what my favorite board game is, what my favorite game is. And I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, I, I really love poker because there's stakes. Like it matters. If you lose in poker. Like, it really hurts. Like, it mm. matters. Like, you can, like, really do, like, actual damage. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, more than any other game that I can really think of. Uh, and then on the other side of that, I really like chess because it's this battle of wits where, like, you can actually objectively get better. And I start kind of, like, explaining. And he's like, oh, I would have thought it would have been magic. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, it's definitely magic. Like, not close. <laughs> like, magic's just such a big part of my life that it didn't even register. It would have been like if you asked me, like, hey, what are some things that you like to do? I wouldn't be like, oh, I like to breathe. Yeah. And, you know, eating's good. I like to sleep sometimes. It's like it's it's so fundamental yeah, to, yeah. to my existence. Like, I own a freaking magic store. You know what yep. I mean? Like, it, it didn't even register as a possible answer. That's really funny. That's really funny. That's hilarious. Now, now, Jerry, we're getting we're we're getting towards the end of the episode here, but I do I ask I have one question for you. I want to yes. know your reaction to the latest uh, sneak attack art from Double Masters. Lukewarm, really? Yeah, I think it's really good. So. The, all the people who don't play sneak and show seem to really like it, but all the sneak and show players I've talked to have been like, "Eh, it's okay." Oh, see, I think it's the, I think it's far better than the Eternal Masters one, and it's better than it's it's definitely not better than the OG. I still Ooh. think the OG's the best. Oh, I disagree very much. So, all right, oh, crazy, crazy. Uh, what I was disappointed is I thought it was going to be a Lord of the Rings reference because I saw the three trolls mm-hmm. sitting around the campfire and i start looking at the art looking for like all right where's like the little gnome with a dagger who's gonna like sneak attack and then i like see in the background oh it's a giant dragon well um, of course that that it, makes sense yeah but in lord of the rings they don't attack the trolls they they the, the sun kills the trolls so do you yeah. want your sneak attack to be the sun is that yeah, what I it is it's the coming dawn <laughs> the sun is sneak attack listen, jerry in, in my college years the sun was always the sneak attack <laughs> I, I think I think the art's really good. It just, it doesn't it just doesn't do it for me. Wow, like I, I can't really explain why. It just okay. I, 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 it's it's fine. I was really it's, excited I'm, for it, but I guess I guess you're not. I'm, as I'm not going to be replacing my sneak attacks in my deck. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm shocked. I'm sh- I got I'm 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 a little surprised, but I get it. I hear you. I hear you. So are, are you telling me that the art is a little too sophisticated for sneak attack <laughs> players? Because that's that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, it, it's a masterpiece. It, the technique it's, is too high. Uh, high art, man. High our art our really good friend Tyler uh, posted on the Facebook page, and uh, all the all the replies were just apes. We're just yeah, gorillas just in the replies, ape, ape, like, like gorilla like, and orangutan pictures. <laughs> so funny. Oh, I laughed at every single one. They were so good. So good. <laughs> uh, real quick before we go, I have a serious topic to okay. talk about. Okay. Real quick. Uh, Wizards just made this announcement today that's super interesting. Uh, Gen Con is going to be held online this year on Magic Online, and they're going to be doing 
vintage legacy and double masters events on magic online and they also said that they're looking into having ways for people without legacy or vintage decks to basically borrow cards or like have temporary cards where you can play in these events even if you don't have a magic online account so the actual quote is the event formats include vintage legacy double masters and a special gen con cube in addition we're testing a new feature with gen con online that will let players build decks for the vintage and legacy events without having the cards in their collection check out the article later this week i just thought that was super first of all Awesome seeing Legacy and Vintage get so much attention from Wizards, especially on Magic Online. That is not something that we see, so it's awesome to see Wizards pay that much attention to Legacy and Vintage in, in these times. And second, just that idea of, like, is this them kind of paving the way for like them to do like a rental service or something on Magic Online, which is something people have been asking for for years? What are your guys' What are your guys' takes on this? Uh. I mean, the whole point of doing something like Gen Con is going there for the for the people and putting on Magic Online just is kind of like a. I mean, I guess I guess I understand where they're coming from, but it's cool you can get the cards. I guess I don't know. I'm yeah, very lukewarm like, on it. Like we said, Pat, when your options are nothing at all and doing this thing that's yeah, subpar, but still I just don't. I think calling it like Gen. I think all. calling it like Gen Con is just being a bit disingenuous. You know what I mean? Like it's it. I don't know. It, it's hard to describe for me, but I, I'm not like super thrilled with it, you know. But I mean, it's cool, you know. At least they're trying something. I'm interested. I mean, mm. I have completely resisted playing Magic Online. I downloaded it way early on and did like one draft and had some weird technical errors, and I was just like, "This is unusable," and was just done with it. Like it didn't remotely resemble the Magic that I love, but. I mean, it sounds like they're putting in the effort and the fact that they're supporting Vintage and Legacy, I mean, I, that's at least going to get me to take a look at that. Mm-hmm. I, I, had, I would not have considered it otherwise, but I, it's probably a good move in that it may get some eyeballs on it. And, you know, anybody that actually plays Vintage and Legacy and gets to know the formats, I think falls in love with it. It's really so rare for somebody to, to take the time to develop an understanding of Legacy I mean, how do you not fall in love with it? It's just like the deepest format. I, I'll always say I think some of the best legacy players are Magic Online legacy players just because they get the reps in. Of course. Um, like I would say playing in a lot of the, um, you know, Magic Online like weekly events, uh, the competition there can be as as powerful as like a uh, like a day one at a GP. Like you, you definitely have a very high caliber player and you definitely have the communities on Magic Online who are very dedicated to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we have a lot of uh, of uh, people with a ton of five O's. Uh, you know, uh, Rodney. We got uh, Tony Scaponi. We've we've got a bunch of them coming in here with a whole slew of five O's from uh, putting up results with Legacy. So, yeah, that yeah. is that is absolutely some of the best players in New England are also very active in Magic Online. And you know, it's nice that it gives them the chance to do that because mm. some of them just have jobs where they can't make it out as much as they'd like. And you know. I suppose the other way of looking at that is if it wasn't there, maybe they'd change their job so they could play more legacy. <laughs> it's, it's tough to say. It's I, tough to I, say. I got to say that if it wasn't for magic online, I mean, there might be a chance that, you know, I wouldn't be sitting in this seat right now. Like, I don't know if my interest in legacy would have stayed as strong as it was, if it wasn't for the fact that I could, you know, at 2 AM on a Saturday, drunkenly fire up a legacy queue. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. 
Awesome. All right. Oh, Eric, but um, while we're still in the meat of the episode, what's the website for your uh, for your store? It's eldstimevaultgames.com. Elds Time Vault Games. Okay. Yep. So I took, a, I took a swipe at it. I missed an S. I'll make sure to put it in the show notes. Excellent. Great. Yeah. Awesome. We, we've got uh, Facebook. We just got an Instagram and a Twitter, so you can be one of our first followers there. I mean, we're pretty much just branching out onto all the social media platforms. We're considering doing a Patreon, and we're just kind of trying to get as much of an online footprint as we can because connecting with people in person is not always optimal right now. I shook Mm, someone's hand the other day. I was like, are you a crazy person? Like, he put his hand out. And I shook it and I'm thinking it's like, like, like social norms. Like you just go into muscle memory. Yeah. You, like, <laughs> yeah. It was just like somebody that I hadn't seen in like five years. He's like, holy crap, you opened a store. Like amazing. Like I'll come back, uh, you know, like, either sell cards or buy some stuff. And he put his hand. I was like, man, it's really good to see you. And I shook his hand. And like, as I'm shaking it, I'm like, this person's a goddamn lunatic is like what my brain was telling me. <laughs> but like socially, it's like, oh, this is, this was normal. And you go and you wash your hands and everything. But yeah, it's, it's definitely for a lot of people, they, they really are not ready to return to the tables. Mm-hmm. They, they are either for their own health or for people directly in their lives. I'm glad that we've got these alternatives that are not kind of giving people an ultimatum uh, where they have the options to still be part of the hobby and be part of the community. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's nice connecting yeah. with everybody on Wednesdays and Fridays and, you know, seeing Mark the Goblin King tearing through people with his red menace. Muckus is crazy, by the way. Yes, we yeah. uh, we talked about we talked with a uh, Goblin Lackey one last week Eli Goings who's a uh, a prolific uh, Magic Online Goblins uh, player and uh, yeah Muxus has uh, been very good for him very good how many do you remember how many he was playing two I believe yeah Mark was on two he, he bought a booster box of Jumpstart and mm-hmm. cracked two of them which is exactly wow, what a Goblin King impressive. should do that's very that's how nice. you do it yep yep that is awesome that's just like a Goblins player to crack a Crack a booster box for the rares he wants. <laughs> yeah, and get them. And get them. That's the thing, right? Yeah, That's I why love they're it. Goblins players, because it works for them. Absolutely. Yep. I love it. I love it. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, that's that's great. Um, Jared, you want to get into Scoops and Poops before we get out of here? Scoops? Uh, so every week we do Scoops and Poops, uh, scooping people in the top eight who we kind of want to shout out and poop on poop on uh, things that are bugging us, I guess. Uh, Jerry, why don't you start us off? We want to scoop in the top eight this week. Uh, I want to scoop in the 90s MTG guys. I had a blast with them last night. Uh, So they're run out of New York. Uh, Chris is kind of the organizer there, and he does all the commentary. But basically what they do is every week they put out a Twitter poll. They ask their Twitter followers, you know, what formats do you want to see? Legacy, vintage, or pre-modern? And that's the format they play. They get uh, six people on and have those six people duke it out in uh the format of uh the viewer's choice and everyone just hangs out it's all paper by the way i should say so you know we had we had the camera on the the match and they voted for pre-modern so i got a chance to fi- play my first uh how was that you know, at, at least semi-competitive pre-modern matches it was awesome nice, man nice it was awesome i, I, was I tried to watch but i fell asleep i fell asleep <laughs> i felt i was so i worked 60 hours last week in the sun and i was like I worked all seven days. I was so tired. And like by 8.30, I'm like, Jerry's on. Jerry's on. And I fell asleep. I'm pretty sure my phone was still on when I fell asleep. So how did it go? I got to know. Uh, I won. I won. Hell yeah. Uh, which, which is awesome. I was playing against uh, Tricks, which is uh, Illusions of Grandeur Donate mm-hmm. uh, deck. Yep. 
And I was playing uh, OG Ponza, Red Green Land Destruction with a uh, Orcish Lumberjack to power out uh, Goblin Sharpshooter and Kamal Fistacrosa. Oh, so sick. Kamal Fistacrosa turns all their lands into one ones, and then Goblin Sharpshooter mows kills them all, all down. <laughs> Uh, game one, I had this awesome play where I, I slam, I forgot the name. It's like three green, green for an enchantment. All lands are two, two creatures. And then I played pyroclasm to wipe the board of all creatures. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so that's how I won game one game two. I got the illusions of grandeur donated to me mm-hmm. and quickly lost the game after that. <laughs> uh, and then Game three, I got a uh, 2020 Terravore, which was pretty awesome. Nice, nice. <laughs> so I made I made my own merit liege. That's awesome. That <laughs> so awesome. I had a ton of fun playing pre-modern. I think pre-modern's a sweet format. I I hope it really starts to take off the way old school has. Uh, it definitely has a a small but growing following, uh, and it's a ton of fun format. It really pulls the nostalgia for me because. Old school doesn't really get the nostalgia for me because I didn't play during old school. Mm-hmm. I played during the pre-modern era. So pre-modern for me is really the most nostalgic way to play Magic. So I had a ton of fun with it, and I'm down to play with people anytime you guys want. Nice. Uh, so definitely shout out to 90s MTG. Check them out Monday nights on Twitch. They uh, they stream Paper Magic every Monday night. Awesome. Uh, any poops? I, I, uh, I wanna, uh, Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, now, are you going to say something about no. having poops is bad? No, no, no. Well, yeah, I was, I was going to vote that we <laughs> discontinue the poops section, but if you have one this week, I, I have a poop. All right, I have a. I just feel like poops. You need to like you need it needs to be a good poop. Okay, I'm pooping on Amazon, Pat. Okay, that's I'm fine. Poop. That's fine. Yeah, I ordered. I did uh, Amazon grocery delivery for the first time, mm. and goddamn, every like almost every single item. Like grocery, like probably I probably got like sixty different things because mm-hmm. it, it's food shopping, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. They deliver the stuff and everything's individually wrapped in plastic bags. Yeah, I was shocked. I'm like, this is terrible. I'm just not gonna do it just because like I don't I don't want to be getting like it's literally sixty Amazon packages on my front step that create all of this waste. Wait, you think Amazon isn't trying to ship things the most efficient in the most efficient way to you, oh the God, most economically yeah. friendly or environmentally friendly way? Come on, no, absolutely not. Yeah. So, uh, poops on Amazon. I will not be doing Amazon Prime delivery again Smart. because they ship everything in individual bot. I I got slices of cheese in an individual bag pack. <laughs> like I don't need that. <laughs> Uh, how about you, Eric? Who do you want to scoop in at top eight this week? Uh, I, I'll go broadly. The guys that have been playing with us, uh, keeping Legacy alive on Wednesdays and Fridays, but in particular, uh, Alex. Uh, I'm sorry, Alex. I don't know how to say your last name. It's uh, Cavarus. Uh, he reached out and connected his local community to ours, and it's really cool uh, to have that kind of uh, new collaboration, and he really helped out getting things set up on Discord and generally promoting it. So uh, thanks to everyone that's been helping keep Legacy alive each week here. Awesome. Any any poops? You know, I kind of want to give FedEx a poops. I just started dealing with them. I'll, I'm going to hold off, though, and see if they'll fix the problem. But so far, they've been just, like, dropping stuff outside, dropping it in front of other businesses. It's been comical. It's like a, <laughs> it's literally like some type of hidden camera sketch. I walk in, <laughs> the games workshop thing my stated hours are noon. I get here at 11. The packages have been dropped off probably a half hour before, and they are like 
three doors down and it's like literally the whole launch of indominus i'm like you have got to be kidding me this is like seven grand worth of product my cost and you're just gonna like leave it out of the way so we'll see maybe they've got an app or something that can communicate a little more clearly when they're dropping stuff off Mm -hmm. and if there are packages missing from that initial uh placement which there was there was like three packages that weren't there so i was like oh did somebody like grab these which I've got a really positive view of human nature, so mm. I was like, ah, it's probably just a mistake, but a more neurotic person would have been really stressed there, yeah. missing like a grand worth of product. So, wow. yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll give them some time. I don't even know if you have to include that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe leave the jury out. But so far, I mean, I will say UPS is amazing. I literally have my guys, his name's Scott. We text each other. Like, he's just like, hey, wow. like, I, are you here? You know, like, we set up times. Like, yeah. he's awesome. So, That's great. Yeah, it couldn't be more night and day there. Awesome. That's great. Um, uh, I don't know who I'm going to Eric, I'm going to scoop you in a topic this week. I'll scoop in all, all the LGS owners who are slugging it out uh, during this really difficult time. Um, you guys give us a place to play, and, and you obviously care deeply about the community. And um, you do a lot on your own with the YouTube channel to – to promote legacy and put legacy content out there, so I think that's great. So if you haven't checked out the uh, the YouTube page for him, it's uh, it's ELD's Timeball Games there as well, I believe. Yes, um, yep. so definitely check that out. And uh, I don't have any poops this week, honestly, uh, except for maybe the sun. It it was it was it's been scorching this week. Uh, thankfully, I'm like under under the all the arrays, so I'm in the shade for the most part. But I was on the pad this past weekend, and uh, there's just no respite when you're on a concrete slab all day under the sun. So I'm gonna poop on the sun. <laughs> I love the videos of people who are like who have to work outside of the heat and they're like, I cooked my lunch while working today and they like pan over and there's just like two eggs yeah. frying on oh, the Oh like I so there are days where I just take like I've been taking chicken Caesar salads for the last like two weeks because it gets so hot I don't want to eat anything that's heated. But even like in April and May, I'll like take my lunch, I'll have it like in a Tupperware and like it's a pork chop or chicken or whatever, lasagna. I'll just put it on top of one of the metal boxes at like eleven and by twelve o'clock it's like piping hot when I go to eat it. So it's uh it's very it's 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 fantastic yeah <laughs> awesome all right well eric thanks for, very much for coming on this week man it was great to talk to you hey thanks so much for having yeah. me absolutely uh jerry do you have anything else before we get out of here no that's it Pat. all right i'm just i'm ready oh i'm going to break uh i forget what it's called it's uh the it's the new black creature in m21 it's one black for a one one if you play it from your graveyard make a five, five oh yeah unearth dot deck yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it happen. I think it's I'm great. Make it happen, Justin. If you don't see any five O lists with it, cut this part of the play podcast. with play with Dreadhorde Arcanist, <laughs> and you can flash back on Earth for yeah, free. Exactly, you gotta do it. And uh, and Snapcaster Mage, it's it's Value Town. Blue red black on Earth. Oh, yeah, blue red black black on Earth deck. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. All right. Well, um, let's see. Uh, obviously, uh, you can follow Eric. Uh, you know, on YouTube. Uh, you can find his all his stuff there. He does the, the Fast Effect uh, Legacy series, and uh, when, when you were when you had Paper Magic in the store, you also post a lot of those videos too, and that's really fantastic. Um, and you can uh, play in his events on Wednesday and Friday nights at seven Eastern, which is awesome as well. Do they go to your Discord to find uh, to get all that stuff set up? Yeah, there's uh, on the website when you register for the event. Mm-hmm. There's a link that goes to a YouTube video that explains the process, and that has links to our Discord 
and everything that you need. There's a nice little app that you can use for your cell phone to be Mm -hmm. able to use it as a webcam. So as long as you have a laptop or a desktop and a smartphone, you can make it happen. A lot of people are using just like a cereal box or something. Mm -hmm. They actually do the opposite of the way Jerry was doing it. They use their smartphone to uh, record the match and then... You know, you got your your yeah. laptop in front of you that you're watching the nice. play from your opponent. Awesome. All right. Well, I'll make sure to drop the the link in the show notes there. Uh, if you want to play Legacy with some prizes on the line, that's a great place to do it. Um, let's see. You can also follow the podcast. It's at LALMTG. Find follow Jerry at JME3. Actually, I don't even think you're on Twitter anymore. But he's if he's on Twitter, it's like, at JME3RD. I, I have a Twitter account. And I check it once a month that says, see what people have said to me. And then I see red and I just close it for another month. Smart, smart man. Uh, You can follow me at Pat Uglo. I check it way too much. Uh, The stream is twitch.tv slash leaving legacy. If you want to support the show directly, you can find us on Patreon. Find us on Hips of the Coast. Uh, Join the Facebook group for pox beams, I guess. That's all we do now. Uh, <laughs> no, we've we, there's a, a meme war has started. Yeah, no, so no, I other, think it's the, I actually think it's calmed down. Jerry, don't say it started because <laughs> it's on the decline. I don't want it to get riled back up. I've had people complain that there's too many world gorger pox beams and then someone's decided to throw the decks together. I think it's a bad idea. Uh, I think that's going to lead to the eventual uh, collapse of the universe, so don't do that. Um, you can email us uh, leaving a legacy at hipstersofthecoast.com. And as always, uh, shout out to Justin Lutz. He's our audio tech, our sound engineer. And he actually, so he's a pretty like handy guy, Jerry. And he came by today to fix my AC. And I was really, really happy about that. Wow. Yeah. Also, fun fact about Justin. He, he messaged me earlier today. He's setting up some new social media page for us. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, this, it's called OnlyFans. Okay. I don't really know much about it, but he's, he's going to be running our OnlyFans oh. page. Oh, did he said he made me send him butthole pictures. Did you have to send him butthole pictures too? Yeah. I, well, I thought that was like weird but you know it's whatever yeah it's whatever. yeah i mean hey i will do it for our fans i'll do anything for our fans yeah so we'll get that only fans link whatever that is out to you guys soon <laughs> awesome all right everyone thanks for hanging out with us this week we really appreciate it we'll catch you all next time Come on down to